Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, as always, our second show today actually. So we just had another one at twelve o'clock earlier. But our second show, yeah. as always, is going to be a great show for you because we have great artists all the time. And and we got Carrington McDuffie on, and I've looked at, over some of her stuff, and she's really going places, and I think you're going to really love her. So Carrington, are you here? I am here. I am here now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how is it um, right now with all this mess that we're going through? Well, I've been really, really busy. So if you're asking how it is in my world, you know, because everybody's in their own world, it doesn't matter yeah. how much we combine. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we're still all experiencing it from our own little perspective. And in my yep. little world, uh, I'm, I'm just really, really busy because I have a new record out as of a week now I guess about a week um so mm-hmm. I've had a lot uh, to do around that and I'm shooting video and uh, talking to people and I'm writing I'm 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 really busy I I uh, I'm in Seattle at the at the moment I I oh, divide wow. my time yeah I divide my time between Austin and Seattle and actually it looks like Glasgow more and more. And so a couple of weeks ago, I flew back to Seattle from Austin in order to be able to continue with my voiceover work because I have my own studio here, which I don't have in Austin. And of course all the studios are locked down. So I couldn't, couldn't work. So that's kind of the general picture of, of my little world. And we know what you mean by, everybody's in their own different world because we're the same way as you. Mm-hmm. It's like we're busier than ever right now. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. <laughs> it's so strange. Now, I, I mean, for live music, things are really, well, yeah. non-existent right now. And um, so it's a strange and a new thing to put out a record with no live music. You know, it's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. But I've been packed like you. My days are packed it, I guess. So what's going on? What are we doing? How is that? Like, what are you guys doing? You're doing these interviews all day. What are, what are you guys doing? Well, we well we do multiple things. Of course, I, I run New Country Buzz, which, of course, we post a lot of mm-hmm. press releases and news for artists on there. Right. So that, that's busier yeah. than ever. Um, then we got the show. Sometimes we do one show a day, and they're usually about 60 to 70 minutes on average. That's right. on average. But, mm-hmm. but sometimes one show, sometimes two. Like sometimes today's a two-show yep. day. And then in the evening, we to help us stay afloat right now, because our show don't make money yet. It will, but right now it don't. Um, to mm-hmm. help us stay yep. afloat, we, we deliver food to help people stay yes. home. Oh, <laughs> oh, great. That's great. Hey, we have what a eight-year-old, that eight-year-old, so oh. we're, we're pretty busy. Yeah. We're staying busy. You're keeping busy. Yeah, yeah. I know someone who's been delivering flowers. He was delivering flowers on mm-hmm. Easter. And, um, oh, wow. yeah, whatever, whatever, you know, you can do to participate in the economy, keep yourself going, helps keep the economy right. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Most definitely, you know? And we love the food thing because, again, it, you know, now before we've been doing the food delivery for like 18 months or so. But yeah, uh, before have. that, mm-hmm. people really didn't thank us and all that. But now since this virus, we're, we're actually appreciative oh. now. <laughs> Yes, yeah. yeah. Now. <laughs> we oh. never thought we would be considered essential workers, but <laughs> you are. That's fabulous. 
<laughs> so, you know, but yeah, it's, it's amazing how one pandemic can mm-hmm. change the way everybody thinks. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's for sure. <laughs> so I think a I lot think of innovation started, yeah. will come. Oh, I, I think a lot of innovation mm-hmm. will come out of it. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I think so, too. And, and like I told Sandy, when when all this first started, I was like, because, um, again, our show's only four, I mean, we've been around the music industry for about, but our show's mm-hmm. only four months old. And I told Sandy, uh. you know, when all this went down, I was like, this is our time to shine. I was like, um, we, we I, I believe we can get some bigger artists than we normally would have mm-hmm. this early in the game because of all this. Right. And we have. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so I'm like, this is our time yeah. to shine. Yeah, because I believe in five years from mm-hmm. now, we're going to look back to this time period and be able to say, you know what, as bad as that pandemic was, that was the foundation of our company. Yes. Right. Right. <clears throat> yep. Right on. So as we get started, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and a brief overview of you to help. Because what we try to do on this show is get to know not the music person, but the art, but the person. Okay. Okay. Well, I am from New York, New York, um, a city so crazy that they had to name it twice. I, um, <laughs> <laughs> I've lived all around. I went to school in Massachusetts and Baltimore, and I've lived, I've lived in L.A., of course. I had to go to L.A. and do that, showcase mm-hmm. with a four-piece rock band mm-hmm. and did some crazy stuff there in L.A. Um, I, I, I divide my time between Seattle and Austin, as I was saying. So I've been in a lot of different, I've lived in different parts of the country. And I, of course I spend time in Nashville because, because of the business being centered there. So I've been in the major music centers of, of the country. I tour in the UK, a little bit in Europe. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested. I'm a person who's really interested in the, I'm a really curious person interested in how the world works mm-hmm. and how all different kinds of people think and what mm-hmm. they do and how they do it. Um, so I'm so I more. love conversation, right? So, uh, well, you'd have to be, I would think, to be doing these interviews <laughs> and, uh, uh, right, right? I mean, I'm curious. I, mm-hmm. I, and mm-hmm. we have, I love this country because it's so complicated. It's so complicated. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> and people, right? And people from outside the U.S. make comments you know, about this or that, or uh, Mm -hmm. like, not necessarily politically, but politically or culturally. And I feel like my response is always, it's so hard to make even make a comment about the United States, because, you know, a country, say the entire country is the maybe the size of Texas, you know, and we're dealing with (laughs) so much more than that. We've got 50 states here and how many climatic Mm -hmm. zones, you know, it's, there's, Mm -hmm. there's so much going on here. It's hard, to, but uh, but that's yep. what I love about it. I love how mm-hmm. diverse exactly. and, and crazy and you, it is. And you talk yeah. about all that. Um, that makes me think about um, that. <clears throat> see, it's funny that we're doing this show now because um, for years, I mean, from the we we married 17 years ago, and I was one of these people that um, was big into the audio motivational stuff. I was going to be a motivational speaker. That was my dream. Uh, that was my vision. Uh-huh. And Sandy comes along, and she's this hardcore music person. And I was one of them that was so brainwashed into that side. Again, I still liked the motivation, but I was so brainwashed into it that I did not believe in listening to music at that time. 
so we wow. get so we get married and something had to give. So I kind of so we made agreement. We'll listen to fifty percent audios and fifty percent music, so that way we can compromise in the middle. We found a middle ground for each other. But it's funny that, that, that as we've grown and this music has really been pushed on me, and I always joke with people that she brainwashed me into all this. But it's fun. I, I love it. But but we um, <laughs> but we had no idea when you're talking about how all the conversations and all that. That's where I was going with this. Is um for 17 years now. Um, we were, Sandy and I would be out and about, and I'm not talking talking to friends. I'm talking, we're on the street, and I get in a conversation with somebody. She would know immediately, oh, that's going to be mm-hmm. at least 60 minutes. We're not going anywhere for probably 60 minutes because, boy, because <laughs> I can talk. And I've done that probably mm-hmm. thousands of times in 17 years of marriage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And it's funny now because we had no idea back then where that would lead, and here it is now. Um, and you're, I'm leading a show where I hold conversations for sixty plus minutes. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you were you were just getting warmed up, and you didn't even know it. Yeah, because yeah. I used to, I used to joke. I told Sandy, I guess probably five six years ago, I was like, if I could just find a way to make money talking, I'd be rich. <laughs> yeah, and here we are laying the foundation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so what's something quirky about you? Mm-hmm. I think I'm made up of quirks, or if I don't know, if quirky is really the right right word. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, from a musical standpoint, probably the most unusual thing is that I play a custom electric ukulele, mm. and um, oh, wow. Oh, wow. there are very not very many of those in the world. Well, there's the only one that, of the one that I have because it's custom made, and it's <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, it's an unusual. It's it's built like a Fender Strat and um, with the pickups, and but it's a nice compact size and and mm-hmm. I love it. it has a different sound and um <clears throat> so I would some people consider that quirky it's sort of cute looking <laughs> but it really rocks <laughs> that's that one cool. thing I'll probably think of I'll think of more things probably as we as we go forward <laughs> uh, but you know um there are a lot of things I don't I don't have a sort of I don't have a very normal life in general. There's that. <laughs> I don't uh, that the truth. you know right? I, I just don't and I never I never have had. Have you wanted uh, the, the key is, the key is did you want to know because I, I remember what's funny is um our little one, our eight year old, and how do you answer this? Especially when you live like I mean Sandy and I we've been a twenty four seven couple since the day we married. This is just how we live. You know, we mm-hmm. just love it. That's I mean now we do a show together and heavy in the music together, heavy in the building all this together. And we just live and we homeschool him and all that. So we just live a different life than most people. But little Chris came to us um I guess about a week ago, maybe two, mm-hmm. and I guess he heard something on one of the, his cartoons and he asked normal mean. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now that's how did that you answer that? Hard to define. <laughs> I I joke and I say, well, not us. (laughs) Not you. That's right. (laughs) And also to explain something like that to someone that young, because it's based on an entire culture and and the child Mm -hmm. has had very little experience of it. It's, 
it's hard to describe, but it's it's kind of what's expected of how you would behave in a certain culture. Yeah. Yes. That's how I think mm-hmm, of it. Exactly. And I don't <laughs> I don't really line up with any of those things, you know. Um, the way that mm-hmm. I live, being a musician for one thing, being an artist, mm-hmm. uh, being on the road a lot, living in two places. Mm-hmm. I'm not married. I don't have children. I never intended to. Um, I'm very mm-hmm. uh, true to myself. Um, yeah, you can't. I can't be. I can't be bought. Um, that's good. That's you know. I'm just. Uh, and I think that isn't even that might not be normal. You know, <laughs> yeah, and it's not, and that's like even even with us, you know, it's since we've been married, and because we live a different marriage than your average, as they say, married people, you know, we don't mm-hmm. have like regular jobs, never have had regular jobs. We've done gig mm-hmm. stuff to stay afloat. We've done different business stuff to stay afloat through these years. We just we've just made it work, and um, yeah, and so even in church when we. We still never we all we still felt like an outcast. It was like we'd go to small groups, yeah, and yeah, and all, mm-hmm. and they and they would be talking about their careers and all, but they never ask us about it. Or if yeah. we're in some small small groups, they would be like, um, when they hear that we're a twenty four seven couple, they're like, ooh, and it, they almost want to put us down for that. And again, I, we don't tell <laughs> people to live the way we live. This is our choice. No, right. This was right, the, right. this was mm-hmm. our choice to live this way. And then mm-hmm. we find crazy music business to where we're actually accepted for not only for who we are, but you would not believe how many people that we've interviewed on this show who are married and their spouse pretty much is part of their whole business model that they're as, as yeah. an artist. And yeah. they actually I, are together almost like us. And it's like, oh, my God, we found our yeah. crew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that's <laughs> After all this time. I think that's true because it's such a strange business and you need a lot of support and mm-hmm. help. And then you're drawn together in that way. I function mm-hmm. singly. I don't have that kind of support. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely captain of the ship. Um, and, <laughs> but I understand that, that model. It makes a, a lot of sense that, that uh, a couple would, would function that way. And this, this business is so unpredictable. Now I also think, that what you were saying earlier about this time being your time to shine. One mm. of the reasons for that is that, you know, you are your own, you're very, you know, creative about how you make a living. You're, you're used to kind of, and I certainly am, I'm used to, you know, mm. sure. I can tap dance. I can tap dance. I can do this. I can do that. <laughs> Whatever I need to do to make it work as long as it's on my terms, you know, yeah. Um, but I don't have a, a set business that's dependent on the economy as it is because the business that I'm in is doesn't it's so tricky and bizarre anyway mm-hmm. that I'm already used to a tricky and bizarre situation that we currently like the one we currently find ourselves in. Yeah. Not in some way mm-hmm. that different. You know, my life is always kind of weird. <laughs> so <laughs> And we get that. We, we totally get, again, because, you know, because most hosts, they work for like Cumulus or iHeartRadio and all that. This is our own show. This is literally our own show. It's either we make it yeah. or we don't. And so right. we call it a shot, you know. Yeah. So because yeah. of that, mm-hmm. we have full control. We control how we do the show. You know, you know, if I want to make it a – because, again, I think some – some shows would never even allow us if we if they wanted to bring us on board, probably not allow us to have a conversation like this. 
because they want you, the, the shows that I've seen anyway. It's ask question, artist answers. Ask question, artist answers. That's not me. I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So in fact, I'm the same that, way. I have to be my own boss and. Um, I I call the shots. I have all creative mm. control. I, I'm I, mm-hmm. I'm the only one who stands to gain or lose. I, you know, I've got all, all my skin in the game. Yep. Now, um, what age did you know that this was what you want to do with your life of being an artist? You know, I didn't. I think I just already was, and so I didn't think about it. I think I always, <laughs> of course, just was the way I was. Mm-hmm. And when I was a teenager and I was writing songs, I didn't think about it from a professional point of view because I was so engaged in my life at the time. I mm-hmm. was so um, <clears throat> passionate about what I was doing in my life with, you know, music or boyfriends or learning French mm-hmm. or whatever was going on inside or outside of school. I've always been really industrious and really engaged and and really kind of fascinated by life. And I wasn't thinking ahead like a lot of kids were. They couldn't wait till they were old enough to do this or that. And I was always really (laughs) in the moment of what I was doing at the time. So I didn't think about that a lot, except that I always knew I would not have children. I wasn't focused on Mm -hmm. having a husband and having children like other girls were. And then when I was around Mm -hmm. 18 or 19, I took off – I was I was in college. I was at Johns Hopkins University, and I had had enough. I'd already been at a boarding school in, in Massachusetts for several years, and I'd had enough of the brick and ivy, and I really wanted to get out in the world and get an education mm-hmm. from the world itself. And so yeah. I grabbed my best friend, and we took off to Europe and spent four months with no itinerary traveling oh, wow. to either – hitchhiking or or uh, trains or planes or boats or you name the kind of transportation <laughs> we took it for four months and and during that time was when mm-hmm. I realized that's what I really needed to do professionally I didn't know how to go about it but mm-hmm. I just kept writing and when I returned I went I continued my college education and I went back to Massachusetts and I I got my degree with courses. My degree is from Boston University. I took some courses at Harvard, and I finished my degree, which is in English, because I knew that's what I, mm-hmm. I needed. The degree. I didn't want to do schooling in music. I, I wanted that yeah. English degree, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. knew that I wanted. So as soon as I got that degree, I was out looking for a blues band to sing with, and I wound up moving <laughs> back to New York and then to L.A. And so I probably... You know, even though I'd been writing songs for some years before mm-hmm. I figured out that that's what I wanted to be doing professionally, mm-hmm. I had already started doing it professionally, and I still didn't realize. I didn't. I just didn't think ahead that way, again, because I was so engaged in what I was doing. But probably when yeah. I was around 18, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, this is wouldn't exclude other things because I'm also a voice yeah. actor and I'm – an audiobook narrator, and I've been a an editor of a fiction oh, well. editor, and I've, I've been a publisher. I've been, you know, I've been <laughs> deeply involved mm-hmm. in the book business as well, and other businesses. Mm-hmm. I've done other things. I've worked as a model. I've worked as a. I've done a lot of things, a stylist. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, probably when I was about eighteen, an answer here. Now, a convoluted now, answer. You, you probably knew I couldn't leave this alone, but you've got to tell me one of the craziest stories. 
that happened when you were overseas? Because not too many people have done j- jump up with their friend and just go spend four months in a place they don't know nothing about n- with no itinerary. Tell us a crazy story from that experience. Oh, well, let's see. There was the time that we were picked up by Italian cops trying to get – we were hitchhiking through the Alps in February. We were trying to mm-hmm. get – we were mm-hmm. getting from um, – we needed to get from – let's see, where were we? We were in Munich. It was cold. We were in Zurich. That's where we were. That's right. We were in Zurich. It was very cold. We were in Zurich in February. So we we hitchhiked through the Swiss Alps and down into Italy because we wanted to get where it was warm. We figured we'd head for Sicily, which we did. We eventually made it to Sicily and spent about a month there. Um, so I'd say one of the times was, oh, there were so many crazy times. I'm just remembering getting, <laughs> getting yeah. picked up by a couple of Italian cops who ostensibly were protecting us, but in fact were, wanted me in the back and my friend in the front and were trying to make moves on us, and we had to get oh, out of well. the car. Yeah, so wow. we, we got ourselves in and out of a number of scrapes during those during those months. <laughs> um, that <laughs> I have a lot of stories that are kind of like that that don't have a lot of plot to them, but that are really yeah, just, just stories happened. of yeah mm-hmm. and yeah stuff situations getting out of <clears throat> situations. I got myself into and a lot out of a lot of situations, and I think I'm still that way. I'm always putting out fires and starting fires and putting out fires and starting fires, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get you because, again, you know, all my life I've been considered an outcast. Uh, like I said, the only place I've ever felt accepted was in the country music world or music world in general, really, but especially in the yeah. country music world. But it's like I've only – but I've been an outcast. I've done all the bad stuff through my life. I've, I, you know, I went through 19 years of addictions. Uh, until mm-hmm. uh, um, I felt like God healed me 12 years ago, and Sandy went through five years of hell because of those addictions at the beginning of our marriage. And she was a godsend because she was an she she never nagged me, she never put me down. She she just showed me pure love that I've never really felt in my life, and mm-hmm. it was that pure love that helped heal me because I really believe if she didn't come into my life when she did, I'd probably be dead right now. Mm-hmm. Good work, Sandy. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. And you know, music. St- you know, like I said at the beginning, my my goal is to be a motivational speaker. Her goal is to be something in music. And little yeah. did mm-hmm. I know that we, yeah. we would find a way to connect both of our passions. Yeah, I might not be on stage speaking in front of thousands of people, but you know what? I'm still getting to do that here. Yeah. And I'm still getting to experience that. I'm still getting to talk. I love to talk. And, and I'm still getting to – and then Sandy's getting to experience all this music and be part of all this because it's been amazing the conversations we've had with artists like you. I mean this has been like one of the most joyous parts of my life in the last four months. It's been really awesome. Fantastic. Glad to be part of it. <laughs> so – um as you look back of, on your career so far, um, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? I mean, just a few highlights. Oh, let's see. One that comes to mind, highlights. One that comes to mind is I was playing in a very small venue, a pub mm-hmm. on a canal in mm-hmm. Belgium, and there were these two little girls in the audience 
super blonde little Belgian girls. They were probably mm-hmm. five and seven years old, and they were transfixed by the performance. And at the end, and it was just me and a guitarist. And at the end of the yeah. show, um, mm-hmm. the one, the slightly older one who was maybe seven, came up to me and solemnly held out her hand to shake my hand. And mm-hmm. I could see how I wasn't sure what I had done to affect mm-hmm. her, but done something. I had, I had penetrated <laughs> into that little child mind. And you know very well, because you have small children, there's a, there's a genius in there that we don't mm-hmm. necessarily get access mm-hmm. to because when you're that age, you're in a different, your brain is even operating differently. You're halfway in an yeah. imaginal world and halfway in a real world. So you have access to spirit and a whole other perspective that adults and kids over the age of seven don't have. And so I mm-hmm. knew that I had communicated with this creature, this little genius, you know, and I didn't even know what I had done, but it was so empowering <laughs> to know mm-hmm. that we had connected like that. You know, she wasn't going to, yeah. uh, it wasn't the same as a, a fan. It was a really different mm-hmm. kind of a connection. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was something thrilling. Another time that pops into my mind is on the solstice of 2018. I want to say, was that 20? Yeah, 2018. I was in the Scottish Highlands at mm-hmm. a location where there are some standing stones. And of course, there are stones all over Scotland. They have, mm-hmm. they have those, like little stone hinges. And it was so cool. There were, it was like a kind of a miniature Stonehenge where the sun lines up a certain way, the light lines up a certain way according to the placement mm-hmm. of the stones that have been there. We don't even know how long. And this was the solstice. So the sun was lining up just perfectly. And I was invited to do a show there. Oh, uh, it, it was just in the, I, I, my highlights tend to be really humble things for some reason. The huge things are really yeah. great. But 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 the little things sometimes really yeah. get to me. The moments that mm-hmm. are like I feel like my spirit is really being contacted. Um, and so I did a, a show in the. Uh, there was like a a cafe there, you know, a cafe and a gift shop kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I did a show there, and then went out to the standing stones and watched as the sun went down between the stones. With a high hmm. wind blowing, it was really, really cool. It just was one of those moments on planet Earth that, um, you know, I don't even know if I can, I'm probably not describing it as anywhere near as um, well as, yeah. I, you know, what it felt like. But those are just a couple of moments in recent years, just in the last yeah. couple of years touring in mm-hmm. Europe. And, you know, you're talking about that. I can remember when we, Sandy and I married, you, um, she was 25 and I was 31. And she she's always been <clears throat> her parents' little girl because it took them like ten years to have her, so she was baby big time, and all that oh, back then. And I and I and I loved that. <laughs> and so so because we me and her met online. I mean, it's a crazy story that we met back in '02 when really it was taboo back then, and we met yeah, like February second of '02 online. We talked on the phone for the first time on February fourth. We set a wedding date by March, I mean by February 18th, and we met in person March mm-hmm. 4th. So we were meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. We already knew we was getting married. We just we just knew. And I remember um, after we married and had the honeymoon <laughs> in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, that I remember we went um, to a to our parents' house to get all the stuff, and we stayed a couple of days. 
And of course, uh-huh. she's never left her her area, you know. And and I'm take, taking her from Kentucky down to Georgia, and I can remember mm-hmm. she, she was big time in tears. Her parents were in tears because nobody thought they thought she would find somebody local and she'd stay local, even though it's a small town. So I remember on our mm-hmm. white ride home, um, we're coming through the Tennessee mountains, and I remember mm, they're beautiful Sandy mountains. Looked, and I remember oh, yes. Sandy was in tears. And as we come over from the Tennessee-Virginia line, that's where, that's where they're biggest at, right around that area, that we come over the big mountains. And I remember the clouds and the sun was set perfect. And mm. Sandy looked mm. at me and says, I'm okay now. I feel like that's God's oh. sign to me that this is what was supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll never forget that moment because that was, a, again, like you said, it's the little. It's not that. Yeah, we love big moments too, but it's the little moments mm-hmm. in life that people miss, and because they miss the little moments, they never get to experience the big moments. Yeah, I think you know it's easy to think that the grand moments are the important moments, but sometimes the private moments that we're describing as little are the most powerful. Mm-hmm. Now, I would also say some of the highlights for me musically a mm-hmm. lot, you know, a lot of them have been in the studio with the in tremendously wonderful musicians that I work with because mm-hmm. I have a band in Glasgow, I have a band in Nashville, I have a band in Austin, oh, wow. I have guys here in Seattle and mm-hmm. experiencing both the Nashville band and the Glasgow band moments that are just sublime when the playing comes together and you know the musicians are just so intuitive and so talented. Mm-hmm so tuned in it's a thrill to have uh to have my songwriting interpreted and transformed mm-hmm. and elevated the way musicians of that caliber can do it's just just sharing yeah. energy like that is is a real thrill and you know uh, at this point i always like to flip the script a little bit because we talked about a lot of the different highs but i like to go the other way because i think a lot of people don't understand artists or creative people in general, because it's not just artists. It could be in film, <clears throat> you know. It, it could be um, any of the anything creative. People don't understand because um, there, there's still a sacrifice. There's a struggle there, and I like to go the other way because people don't get that side of it. And I'll tell a little story to lead us into where I want this to go. <clears throat> um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full time um, with music. So my, one of my questions was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And Allison said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will, <clears throat> will allow you to do anything outside of music, then go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you go full-time, it's a game-changer. Yes, this is our passion, but it's also our job now. So, so the we have to treat it like a nine to five. We have to, you know, <clears throat> we have to sacrifice our family sacrifice. We, we, we have rejection more than most people. If, if today is one of the worst days of my life and I got a gig tonight, I got to get on stage and smile. Like what happened today never happened. I have to still do my job. So yes, it's a passion, but it's also a, a, a sacrifice too. And then she said, but if your heart will not allow anything outside of music, then go all in because being all in is the only way to make those type of sacrifices worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. Uh, I think it's true that, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a practical approach that, um, 
if you love it, but you, you really can't go all in what's, what's called for to go all in you, you, your entire life. You turn your whole life over to it, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's a lot like having a, having a, well, I don't have a child, so how would I know? But it seems to me it's like having a child and that, the, you know, you really give your life over to it and that has to be your first priority. It takes all mm-hmm. of your nurturing. It takes all of your attention. Um, it takes all of your, your love. It takes all of your self-awareness takes all of your money you know um, that's for sure it takes all of your time uh, so I, I think that that's really true uh, I'm the kind of person who I, I just don't do anything halfway I may do more <laughs> than one thing at once and mm-hmm. try to do them all I, I, I frequently do that but um, yeah I mean and I'm certainly my heart's in it all the way there's just no mm-hmm. turning away from it and the only way you know, I guess you know that because you just know that you can't do anything else. Like you couldn't, you couldn't, you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. It isn't really a choice. It's just the way it is. And it's funny you're going there because um, I remember we originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014. And it took off and it was a lot of work. And back then I transcribed all my interviews, and it was just horrible for me. I mean, oh, yeah, to not right. be making—I mean, to not be making money yet—it was just so. We were interviewing so many people, and it was just rough. And finally, and there were other issues too that came up. And in the 2015, I broke my own heart. I just dropped it. I mean, I even let go of the domain and everything. I just tried to push music completely away. And I'm sure you know where I'm about to go with that. Um, Try to put, I tried. I literally tried. And every six months, it would, the, the spirit would pop in me to go look at GoDaddy and uh, no fault, newcountrybuzz.com yet. And that's a good name. Mm-hmm. So surprised mm-hmm. nobody. Six months it later, no, nobody's bought mm-hmm. the domain. Six, so we went three years. And then at the end of, at the end of um, 2018, I told, in October, I told Sandy, I think we need to relaunch New Country Buzz. I really feel we're supposed to finish what we started. We we never really got it off the ground the way I feel like we could have. And she was like, let's do it. Let's go for it. And and at that time, we had no idea we were going to do a show. It was like that was just the first step. We we built the foundation mm-hmm. in 2019. And then at the end of last year, I remember telling Sandy, I was like, I think it's time to go to the next level. We need to do a show and interview these people that we just fought, we've fallen in love with, um, all these up-and-coming artists. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's like, well, what would we name it? <clears throat> well, what else? The Chris and Sandy Show. <laughs> and she, she kind of <laughs> said, are you sure people would like that name? I mean, because, you know, we're nobodies right now. And I was like, well, it worked <laughs> for Bobby Bones, and it worked for Ty Bentley. Why can't it work for us? You know, it's our name. I, would, you know, I, didn't, I can't imagine being any other name, so we launched with that name. And here we are. Four, four months in, 79 interviews, and we've had mm-hmm. people on this show that we're like, can't believe that I mean, there's so many things are lining up. And like, it's like we're supposed to do this. I mean, we've seen too many things line up to not know that this is what we're supposed to do, at least for now, but I think for the rest of our life. And it's a cool feeling. Well, I think when you follow your heart, things fall into place, and there may be conflicts and scrambles along the way. But um, that's just life. And, you know, it's never going to be perfect. But I think mm. when you follow your, your heart, things do, things do line up if you really are sticking with that vision. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So certainly that's perfect. how I that's how I guide my my life and my career. I you know I follow my intuition first, intuition first, mm-hmm. analysis second. That's what we do. And yeah, this perfect mm-hmm. time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song mm-hmm. because I couldn't have you. And then we're going to come back and talk right. about that song. How's that? Great. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Okay, guys. All right. Here we go.
really cool and catchy song. Oh, yes, <laughs> great song. <laughs> so where'd that come? Tell the story behind that. Well, let's see. I write the way I write isn't usually in a confessional, personal. It's personal, but not confessional. So it's more archetypal. Yeah. I mm-hmm. was writing from the point of view of a girl who's very resourceful and very upbeat. And though she can't have her way, she's finding mm-hmm. a way to make it work anyway. And so that song comes from, I think, a really from a really good humor and a sense of humor. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, resourcefulness. This is a girl who's going to have fun regardless um, of any amount of heartbreak that might also be going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, and it's a very – it comes from – um, I write in different ways. Some, sometimes I'm more poetry-oriented, more image-oriented. I'm also a, a fairly widely published poet. But in this mm-hmm. case – I, uh, the voice, you know, because I, I speak in different voices, but the voice here is she's speaking very frankly. You know, the very mm-hmm. first line is just right out front. You know, she's mm-hmm. she's um, and she's very forward looking. She's not. There's obviously some country uh, music influences here, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. Yeah. The song doesn't really have many of the hallmarks of country music in the sense that uh, country songs tend to be looking to the past. And this one mm-hmm. is definitely looking to mm-hmm. the future. She's she's figuring it out, you know. <laughs> so and you know, I uh, never yeah, even thought true. of that about country music. Mostly, you know, and I'm thinking of songs in my head right now, and I'm like, my God, you are like even the new song by Gabby Bear. I hope it's a present, mm-hmm. but also past because it's about the past. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're right. A lot of songs in country. Are focused on yeah. the past. I never, I never yeah, they, see again. I love true. these interviews because it makes you see a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They they tend um, they tend to face face to the past. The perspective usually in country music faces toward the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just one of our uh, perspectives that we have, and it's <laughs> in music expressed in country music mostly. So, you know, as um, opposed to pop, which yeah. is usually more in the moment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we um as you know, when when fans see you, they see you. <clears throat> but they don't see your PR company. They don't see your manager. They don't see the people that help make you who you are. And so we like to always allow artists to talk about some of their team because they're just as important as you are because let's face it, if they don't do what they need to do, you can't do what you need to do so it takes mm-hmm, the whole exactly. team mm-hmm. behind you and and i think that's missing oh, yeah. out there where people don't really talk about the team so tell us a little bit of, about your team that helps you be who you oh. are yeah yeah i'd love to tell you about that because it's true people and the other part of that is people think that music just comes out of the radio and that it's not really mm-hmm. a job and that um <laughs> uh and that um you know there's such a thing as an overnight success and none of that's true there's a just yep. just a ton of work that goes on. Mm-hmm. So now, as far as me being me, that I leave the I I leave that right. My job is to mm-hmm. be me, and then their job yep. is to support who I am and make it more public. So I have a yeah. I have a big team. I have a PR firm I work with in Nashville. These guys are great, and that's who you know. Scott Sexton, yep. you work with Scott and Jeremy. Mm-hmm. It's Jeremy's Westby's business. Um, and then 
Liz? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. I think she got oh, she got cut off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She logged back in. <clears throat> yes, it happens sometimes. <laughs> you know we're live when this happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, hopefully she's able to call oh, back there in she here. Is. Let, let me. Whoop. Great. There, somehow there got, you are. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> got cut off. Anyway, there's a. She's great. Um, I, I, so uh, there's three people on my PR team. Mm-hmm. And then I have a social media guy that I work with. Who's uh, he's in um, Arkansas now, but he's out of Nashville. Um, I have a radio. Uh, there's a radio promotion mm-hmm. team that does my college radio. They also pitch my music to film and television, and they also do some of my Spotify promotion and YouTube promotion. And they're out of Minneapolis. I have oh, wow. Americana radio promotion mm-hmm. out of Nashville. I have. BBC Radio Promotion out of London. I have a team there. Um, I also have uh, Specialty Radio, which is crossover kind of radio, and she's in New York City. I have um, then when it comes to, I mean that's just part of the part of the the uh, the promotional team. But the, my team yep. is really larger than that because I work with various yeah. photographers. Videographers mm-hmm. I work with as a photographer I love in Austin, and as I've mentioned, I have three bands, and that's just those are just some of the musicians that I work with. So there's wow. 15 people right there <laughs> in two different countries, and then there's mix engineers because I've got a couple of mix engineers that I love, um, mm-hmm. one in Nashville, one in Austin, and then there's mastering engineers. There's a guy I've been working with more recently who's out of Austin, but there's a guy in Nashville I also like to work with. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I have uh, video editors, my favorite video editors in L.A. He's also a bass player. He's played with me and my band in Austin. So, you know, if, if you start adding all those people up, I've never added them up. It's probably 40 people. Yeah, it's a lot. You know? Exactly. But the people mm-hmm. I work with on a – right. So the people I work with mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis, there are a mm-hmm. few key people that I'm, on, in, in, you know, in daily contact with. Some exactly. of those are musicians. You know, and so I think of them as my team, but they're also, they're artists, but they, they also support my sound and make, you know, make it into the, the, uh, the next thing that it can be beyond me Mm -hmm. sitting and writing. There are a lot of people. And then there's folks like you that I can converse with and discuss all kinds Mm -hmm. of things with nobody really ever asks about the team. And that's a, that's a great question. It's taken me some years to find the right Mm -hmm. people. Because I've also had some crappy people that I've worked with, and I've had yeah. to fire. I fired my whole mm-hmm. team last year. After a UK oh, wow. tour, I had to fire my publicist. I fired wow. my booking agent. I fired, Yeah, I just was like, you are gone. <laughs> so <laughs> you, have to really have your, you have to really have your wits about you because your team can support mm-hmm. you, but they can also bring you down. You have to get the yep, right people. Exactly. And, and, you know, I like what you said well, earlier, too, about <clears throat> that people don't get that this is a job. Because I, you see people on Facebook, and you may, and you've probably run into people that say, "Well, artists just need to get a real job." And I've stopped people. I'm like, "Look, don't tell an artist they need to get a real job. They got something better. They got a passion that they're living for. There's yeah. power in that." I mean, mm-hmm. and, and then I explain that I've got friends of mine, and this is this is why this is so important. I want people to understand, do not ever try to steal the passion out of somebody. Here's why. I've got friends of mine who are, say, 10 to 15 years in their career, and they're miserable. And I'm not saying all my friends. I'm just saying there's, there's a handful. 
and um, they're miserable. And you sit down with them, and you're like, well, God, you've got this great lifestyle. You've got this great family. You've got this awesome career. And then they're like, oh, that, uh, that's the problem. I'm like, what do you mean your career is the problem? You went to college for that career. Like, no, and then they stopped me. They're like, no, I actually went to college for my parents or for my friends or for whoever uh, who pushed uh, them that way into this career because, because it makes money. They said my passion, uh, yeah. they didn't believe could make money. So I went yeah. this way. So now, they're, now yeah. they're 20, you know, 15 years in their career, six years of college. They're, they're basically 20 years into this mask that they have on and never pursued what they really had in their heart all because people were making them live up to their standards instead of them pursuing yeah. that passion. Yeah, well, I'm certainly not going to pay a whole lot of attention to what other people tell me to do. <laughs> I never have been very good at <laughs> but doing a lot what of people, people are doing tell me to do. <clears throat> yeah, I pretty much follow my, well, like I said, I follow my heart. I follow my passion. I follow mm. my intuition. I have a mm-hmm. very, I'm, I have a very strong vision and I'm really industrious. So, but, you know, back to um, people not understanding that music is a job, just a couple quick anecdotes about that. A drummer friend of mine, who a country drummer in the Texas Hill Country, mm-hmm. was um, playing a wedding, and he was in line for the, the, in the food line, you know, like the buffet mm-hmm. line, and the lady in, yeah. little lady in front of him said something like, oh, I loved your music. That was so great. What is it that you do for a job? <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> wow. And uh, and then I'm thinking of another example of that where um, I was talking to an old friend I hadn't seen in some time, and I was talking about rehearsal that I had to call a rehearsal because we were we had to separate because I had a rehearsal, and um, we we had been talking about music and expenses, and I explained that I was paying these guys for rehearsal and not just, he thought, why? He didn't understand. He thought, mm-hmm. I guess that musicians, whatever they do, they always do it for free. But I was like, no, <laughs> these are professional musicians. They, they get paid to do what they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, on a good day, they get paid to do what they do. Yeah. I certainly pay them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing that people don't, and, and again, it's amazing that people don't see this as a job per se, and and that's why I always like to go that side of it, because so if anybody's ever listening to the to our show, they can say, you know what, well maybe I was wrong, because not you know again, you know, let's say that a parent doesn't believe in the, in the child enough to say, look, pursue that. They can at least say, you know what, I'm with you. If, if that's what you think you can do, go for it, and I'm with you. And you know what, let's say that they crash and burn, then be there mm-hmm. as a pat on the back. That's what they need. They don't. They don't need. I told you so. They just need yeah, sure. the parent to say, you know what, mm-hmm. they, and they and you know what, a parent can even say, I may not agree with your decision, but I'm going to back your decision. In fact, there's more power in that than just agreeing with the decision because yeah, because it's not it's not the parent's life. It's the yeah. person's life. It's your life, not your father's <laughs> or your mother's life. It's your yeah. life. And right? and I think that mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that there's so many there's so many talented pe- people out there, and, and now we're big in the church. And one of the, one of my big beefs with the church crowd is you you got the, sometimes you got these great singers, and they're told they need to sing for the church, and nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. I think that that's a great place to start. But if they're given that gift, that can move people. Needs to go beyond that church. They need to be out there yeah. 
in the crowd. Well, they, they, they really do. Well, and that's the thing where if you're a person who's going to just do what you're told, you will not make it. You will not make it. So if yep. you're a great singer and the church is telling you you should sing in the church and you're saying, okay, then you're not someone who's going to make it in the music business because you need to have such a strong vision and you have to be so determined that if you're just mm. going to mm-hmm. kind of couch out of what you think a larger authority tells you to do, then yeah, you're probably not a personality to survive in this wacky business. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it definitely is. Even what we do, it's, it's again talking <clears throat> about the crazy. I always tell people, I think I don't care what part of me, whether you're an artist, whether you're a PR company, whether you're a producer, whether you're hosts like us. I don't care what part of the music business you're in. I believe. And, and and we've been part of probably fifty different industries. We've tried we've tried so many different things in our marriage to try to make it out there. And we've and I truly believe that the music business has got to be the hardest business anybody could ever build. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. It really is. You've got to want it so badly. You've got to want it so badly that you can't imagine doing anything else. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, and it's, it's funny to say that cause really, I, always, I always tell hosts that that I can't imagine doing anything else now outside of this show. I love what we do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's wonderful. That's what you want to do with your life. <laughs> yep. So because we're a family show, we always like to bring our little eight-year-old to ask a question. Oh so, yeah. So he's <laughs> okay. So he, Sandy's about to get him on. He always likes to ask his questions. He comes okay. and goes quick, but he gets his questions. <laughs> all right, all right. It doesn't need to be long. <laughs> yep. Okay, here he is. Can we get what's our favorite food? <gasps> chocolate. My favorite mm. food is chocolate. And my second favorite food is ice cream, okay? Mm. Really. <laughs> How about and you? What's, what's yours? A pizza. <gasps> Yum. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, because he could eat it. He could eat it all day okay, long. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> and mm, and you know yeah. one thing I've learned <laughs> that I'm trying to do is through the years I've um, been taught that you know what if you want to inspire passion and purpose into your kids, they need to see you living yours, or they may miss theirs. And that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. with him. Where we're hoping mm-hmm. that by including him in the show, and then when Caitlin gets old enough we'll put her in the show and they can find what they're supposed to do through what we're doing yeah because they have Mm -hmm. the confidence to know that it's good to speak out and explore exactly explore what they really want and be feel free to speak out about what yeah yep Mm -hmm. yeah so if you could could co-write with anyone dead or alive who would it be and what would you want to write about Hmm. You know, I've actually never done any co-writing, mm-hmm. so I, um, so it's not like I have a ready answer for you about that. But <laughs> there is there is an artist um, who I think I could do some interesting um, writing with. Uh, name of Borns. He calls himself Borns, and I forget his first name, <laughs> but he calls himself Borns. He's a pop mm-hmm. artist, um, but mm-hmm. he's very poetic and he's very passionate. Um, and also he can sing, he would be able to sing above me. I'm an alto, sometimes a contralto. So the idea of writing with someone who could sing above me and create a duet mm-hmm. is really, um, 
so 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 passionate. I, I could see doing some really passionate uh, love song with that particular that's, artist. That's, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh-huh. So yeah. when it comes to your songs that you've written, what one sticks out as as um, your most um, to your heart that you've written and why? Well, means the, most. the most recent song. The most recent song. It's always the answer to that is always going to be the most <laughs> recent song that I've written, and probably most artists will say that, you know, because that's what's freshest in your heart at the time, and it, the reason mm. it's that you just wrote it is that it's really fresh in your heart. So um, I'm just almost done with a song called "Sweet Little Mystery," and that's probably mm. my. I feel like that's my strongest song because. I'm still in the midst of writing it and I'm feeling it come mm-hmm. together and I'm seeing that it actually is going to be a success because sometimes you start a song and, you know, you feel like, oh, this might fizzle out and not go anywhere. And then when it crosses mm-hmm. a certain line, there's a tipping point where you know, no, 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 this is really a song and this is going to make it. This song mm-hmm. is going to make it yeah. um, into, the, into the world. I only have one, like two phrases, one line that I need to fill in to have this song be mm-hmm. complete. And so, um, and it's about the mystery of uh, why you, why you respond to a person the way that you do. It's not all on the surface mm-hmm. and it's not just about, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's a different take on a, on a, on a love song. It's called sweet little mystery. Yeah. So I guess that would answer that question. And, you know, you're talking about the, the take on that. We, we're actually in the process of, we haven't written in a while, but we're, trying to write a book called Broken Together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the philosophy mm-hmm. of it is when two people marry, they're broken, but they're but they're together. And mm-hmm. most times what pe- what people who are married don't understand is when you when you fight, very, very, very seldom are you actually fighting about your current circumstances. In most cases, Oh yeah, that's very rare. You're you're no, fighting from really going on. Mm-hmm. you're fighting from your past pain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they just, and it could be past pain from uh, an ex. It could be a past pain from a daddy. It don't have to be past pain from your spouse. It's usually past pain no, from no. somewhere in your past. Yeah, usually very early in your past, like way, 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 way early. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, for sure. If yeah. you can get in touch with that and know mm-hmm. that it's not really about the other person and yep. separate from that, you're going to have a better time in your marriage. <laughs> Exactly. So, mm-hmm. well, good luck with that, that question. Book. Well, thank yeah. you. Um, but that's a question. And I, I have a specific purpose, pur- purpose for the way I ask this. And I'll explain right after I ask the question. If you had a magic wand and what you were about to say 100% would come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm asking it that way is because I want an artist to think of the vision, which you've talked about, you've got to have vision and all that. And because this February, made five years that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini and her exact answer she gave us five years ago is what she's living right now. We've, we've watched her go from what she told us she wanted to be to being what she is right now. And that's a powerful message. And, and I always ask that question in this way, because I want artists, because a lot of times artists don't really believe they could be big or, or do something big. And I want people to realize they can, but it's a bit. It takes mm-hmm. that vision. So if all mm-hmm. bets were off, and you knew you'd make it no matter what, and then you'll probably make it anyway, <laughs> whether it's five years or not. But let's say that you'd for sure make it in five years. Where do you want to be in five years? Well, I I wouldn't be doing this if I if I didn't 
know that I would, quote, make it. I, I just wouldn't even <laughs> be doing it. it. I can't separate those things. <laughs> it's just, well, it's all just all one thing. It's part of the vision. It, 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 I can't separate mm-hmm. that. Uh, in yeah. five years, touring internationally, touring internationally with um, all my favorite musicians, I, mm-hmm. I want to be in um, all kinds of venues, huge venues, but I also still like playing smaller venues, yeah. um, recording projects. Uh, I, I want to be just all over the world, and um, mm-hmm. I'll be several records down the road in, in five years. I don't know if we'll mm-hmm. be releasing them physically anymore, but five more Album yep. releases, lots and lots of singles. There's going to be hit songs there. I don't mm-hmm. know what charts they'll be on because the charts I can't predict. The charts are changing all the time, but they'll be, <laughs> hey, you know, they'll be right, and there'll be different platforms. It won't necessarily be Spotify. I think different platforms mm-hmm. are going to come out of the time that we're in right now. So whatever the platforms mm-hmm. are and whatever the charts are, I see myself charting and touring internationally. Um, Beyond Europe, the UK, and the US, but uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to include Australia, for instance, or yeah. the Far East, or where where it's going to be. But I'll be touring internationally. I'll go where where the market, you know, opens for me. And um, mm-hmm. what I'm sharing, what I'm sharing is is so relevant to people that that it's really uplifting. Great, that is awesome answer. Now yeah, let's say awesome. that you had a friend. <laughs> and let's say that this friend um, you've heard sing, and let's say they got a great tone in their voice. They've got, you know, you you can usually tell when they when someone sings that there's something special about them that that maybe they don't see in themselves. And, and let's say that that you see this, you see something, and let's and this would be pre-COVID advice, you know, of course. But let's say that they um, have played maybe ten or twenty shows, so they're really getting their feet wet at this point. But they got on stage those 10, 20 times, and they look, at, they look out, and the crowd is cheering for them. They got what every artist says that you get, that, that music bugged where you know you're supposed to do this. So they come to you, and they say, look, I've been on stage. I just feel it in my heart. This is what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person? to help guide them in the next two, three, four years? Well, without knowing what else they've got going on, like did they get on stage with a band? Are they, did they, are they an original artist or are they a cover artist? You know, because if they're just a singer and they're not a writer, then I'm going to say they need to seek out the right material to, to really mm-hmm. support what it is that they're doing with their voice. Um, there's so many different answers to that question because there's so many conditions that, you know, that could be, that could be, but I would say if they are, if their heart is really in it, then they've got to go for it and they've got to find their individual sound and really so much of it is um, evolving personally, evolving. Mm -hmm. uh, And by personally, I mean, um, in all different dimensions, you know, spiritually, but also in a very practical way, mm-hmm. you know, like no, knowing that you can support yourself, knowing that um, as you as you pursue this, because generally speaking, yeah. it's not like money is going to come right at you. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So get really stable about this. It's, yeah. You've got to have stars in your eyes and feet on the ground. I love that. I love that last part. And, you know, one of the best advices I think I got for this show, I remember asking a Nashville friend, 
what advice would he give as we get the this show off the ground? And I remember he told me, and I think this works for artists and anybody creative, and really it's probably anybody in general, to be honest with you. But he said that the only advice I'd give is be authentic. He said because you could be, you could try to copy um, Bobby Bones, you you could try to copy Ty Bentley because he knows we like those people. And he says you could, he says maybe you can pull it off, and maybe even create a fan base, and and you're and you you can play a second-rate Bobby Bones or a second-rate Ty, and it's working. He says, but the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. He says you cannot stop it; it's coming. It might be a day from now. It might be a year from now. If you're being somebody else, it will come out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every one of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were always attracted to fake Chris. So if mm-hmm. you start and stay authentic from the beginning, the right crowd, the right audience will come, and that's where your passion will be. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I was saying of, of like, know who you are. Yep. You know, know, know who you are and and do that. Mm-hmm. I guess this is a different way of saying that's the same thing. Well, that sounds like yep, it was exactly. really good advice for you at, at a crucial time. Yep. Now, we got last question here. Um, okay. I go, I'm a talker, so I could go on and on and on. But you always <laughs> have to gu- – I have to find a way to guide it anyway. <laughs> but what is a question that – you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do. Mm-hmm. Well, generally, how do you write? Where does it come from? You know, what instrument do you play? Mm-hmm. And so so forth. Um, I don't often get questions about how I feel about what I'm doing or how I feel mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, whether it's the business or my own career or because uh, I can give you information all day long about my career um, mm-hmm. and about my writing and so forth. But, but I guess maybe, you know, how I feel about it, like what's, what's the, um, what's the intuitive and emotional and, kind of and thing. You know, one operating. of my questions I always ask, and I actually missed it this time was what drives you. That's always a question I ask. Yeah. Right. 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 So what well, drives you yeah. right now as we end this, as we end okay. this great call, what drives you? What, what can end I on that? Say, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm going to shift that a little bit and say I'm not so much driven as I am led. And yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm led by, I am led by, because when I think of driving, I think of like a, a cracking of a whip. And I have lived that way, <laughs> but I don't live that way anymore. It's not a good way to live. It's a real tough, yeah. stressful way to live. It's what we're generally taught in this culture, but really I'm led and drawn and I'm led by my passion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what, and, that's and what know, leads I, me. And you know, I love, I love what you're saying there because like with every show, we never know where it's going to go. And I always tell Sandy, I got a base set mm-hmm. of questions, but I let the artist lead me. You know, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. goal is not to lead the artist. Now, granted, if there's something specific, I try to lead them that way, so that we can um, get to that. But I, I try to allow oh, yeah. the artist yeah. to to lead us in the conversation. Yeah, and yeah. I hope I do a good but job this, of that. Oh yeah, it's great. And um, the specific questions are helpful too. And I think 
what the mm-hmm. other artist said that you were explaining about be authentic because otherwise mm-hmm. it's going to backfire for you later is <laughs> such a great mm-hmm. answer to that question. There's so <laughs> many good reasons to be authentic, one of which is it just feels better, but that's a really good yep. practical reason. People are going to desert you when they find out that you're not what they thought you were if you're not being yep. true to yourself. So that's a really exactly. that's that's great. Exactly. So tell everybody how they can reach you. Easiest way to find me is, of course, on my website, which is CarringtonMacDuffie.com. I'm all over social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I have a ton of videos. Um, my video my, uh, on my YouTube channel, my YouTube channel is replete with all kinds of content. That's a really fun place to go. And it's just my name, Carrington MacDuffie. That's the best way to find me. I also send out a monthly um, writing. It's not exactly a newsletter, but it's a writing that I share. And you can sign up for mm. that on my website. I, I'm on any of the platforms, um, anywhere you look. Of course, you can't find me live right now, but soon enough, <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, you know, we really enjoyed this, and we look forward to having you back down the road when we, you got some extra other news to share. We'd love to have you back. Well, thank you so much, both of you. It's been a pleasure being hosted by you, and I look forward to any conversation we have in the future. <laughs> All right, we look forward to it, too, and you have a good yes, day. Yes, absolutely. We, 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 we okay. thoroughly enjoyed it. Me, too. Yes. Lots of love. All right, bye. Oh, same to you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed the show today. As always, we have great artists, you know, that was an interesting conversation, but we love it. You know, we've had now 79 conversations, and they all are different. I may have the same pattern that I use, but it never goes the same way, and I love that. It's like every day, every episode, every show, every artist is different, and it keeps us fresh, and we love that. But again, as always, we have another show coming at you tomorrow, and we look forward to bringing another great artist to you.